it's a collective fight. If you're going to fight the good fight, you're going to have to be part of a collective. And I think that if you were to get involved with some of the groups we talked about, like uh, meet some of these people like Kalen Hart or uh, Kim Seaver or anyone, these you'd, you'd find this a very welcoming group of people. Like the IWW would welcome you with open arms and you'd find people that are really, really easy to get along with. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash Forgotten Corner Pod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Forgotten Corner. I am your co-host, Jeremy. Joining me always is my dear friend. Well, not always, but most of the time. Uh, But nonetheless is my dear friend, Scott Schmidt. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. Um, I, I, you know, I hear you've got some, you got some really bad news uh, the past couple of days. Yeah. So, um... To our listeners, I guarantee you have heard by this point that Medicine Hat is ridiculously mired in a suicide crisis. And we don't know why. Well, we do know why for in lots of reasons, but uh, how to fix it or how to stop it right now is a definite like conundrum for this town. And it's starting to really tear the city apart in a lot of ways. Well, on Friday, uh, we found out that one of our best friends has joined that list and uh, took his life on Thursday night or Friday morning and was found by another one of our really good friends. And it's just been a fucking disaster of a weekend, to be honest with you, you know? And uh, one of the, one of the buddies in this group is now on his fifth friend, um, who has done has taken his own life in the last six months. So you can imagine how the group of people uh, in my life are feeling the circle of friends um, and just the city as a whole, like you get to know people in this town over a while. Right. And when victim services came to speak to our friend, that was the one who found him she knew these victim services person and they told her that there was another suicide that same day. So two more added to the list and it's, it's, I don't know, 13 or 15 or more now. Like I think that there are at least that many absolutely confirmed. His name was McGregor White. And I'm saying that because I, I want people to hear his name is because I, when you go out like that, you go out in a very lonely place. And I just wanted to say that, that, you know, today is just, I want to dedicate today to him and to my friends and to my loved ones who knew him. And uh, it's a big group and it's a pretty destroyed group. He was maybe the best out of all of us. He was the, 
he was the re- the voice of reason throughout our whole life and uh now he's gone so it, it fucking sucks anyway we did have a guest all scheduled and ready to go um but for reasons on her end uh was unable to make it so what we're doing is opening up the uh the floor to listen to to questions for experts bigger or better and bigger than us yeah what an episode to not have roberto on yeah yeah well there's one question in particular that would be like roberto would have the perfect answer for but we'll have to suffice so um let's (laughs) let's start this off um do you have the questions in front of you, Scott? Yeah, I'm gonna ask you the one because you you're the one that should do the most talking on this. I can certainly throw in some thoughts in the generalization of it, but you know the story a little bit. So, uh, but when we asked yesterday, I think when we, when we found out that Kristen couldn't be on the show, we tried to throw something together pretty quick um, in case that was gonna be solidified which it is so um we got a few questions in and one of them like you said was from ben dunn um ben underscore benny dunn uh, at twitter uh i was wondering if you guys would consider looking into and talking about the closing of the mccullough treatment center which is very unique in that it is a long-term treatment center for individuals experiencing addiction slash mental health issues as well as chronic homelessness start jeremy and just tell people what the mccullough uh treatment center is or was i guess now and uh we'll go from there uh yeah thanks for the question ben it's a very good one it's a story that i think has gone um somewhat underreported. um there's one story from cbc a couple weeks ago but basically the mccullough center was a uh public uh, rehabilitation uh, facility for homeless men with addictions and or mental health issues. Um, it was sort of like a six month uh, residential uh, type program where uh, each person got a private room and uh, various support systems to help them recover and develop a stable and healthy lifestyle and so they got like addictions and recovery counseling physical and mental health support uh, personal and life skills development training and employment services and financial benefits um, so um, it was located up in gun uh, which is northwest of Edmonton why I wonder why it was way up there like is it just like they could they take people from could you just go there from anywhere in alberta yeah that's my understanding like you could just say i need this and would they get you there like how would you get there like if i wanted to go there from medicine hat anyway uh, maybe yeah story, well but. i i well i think it, it would be through like a social worker or someone right that would yeah that would arrange for you to go up there but anyways they have 75 um their capacity was 75 uh, there are only 11 residents uh, living there currently, uh, but the government announced that it was um, the 11, the 
it was um, going to be shut down by February. And um, this is something uh, the people working at the facility had known for uh, quite some time. Uh, they'd stopped intake in August 2019. That's why there are so few people there. Um, it's not that the, there, there wasn't um, there wasn't interest, right? It was right. they got early word that it was going to shut down, and so they stopped taking people in. Uh, now, the province is saying that closing this facility w will save them around $3 million a year. Woo! Yeah, I know. Huge savings. Um, and 63 people work there. So al almost as many people as they had capacity for mm -hmm. um, in terms of clientele. And they're losing their jobs, but some of them may be able to stay on with the uh, Ministry of Community and Social Services. So 60, wait, wait a second. So the center's closing altogether. So these 63 people are out of a job. So the entire operation of this center, including paying 63 people a salary was only $3 million. Uh, how the fuck does that work? Pretty good deal. I, I don't know. I, I mean, if that's true, then, then that's like, like you're saying, it's a better than a pretty good deal. Like, I don't know, Mo, like, do some math over there on like a calculator or something like how, if it was just salaries, how many, how much money do 63 people make in 3 million? Like, cause you got to run the center. Like it just seems like a very small number of people or number to ha operate such a center. And so if, so that's 48 grand a year. So presumably these 63 people are making shit money because anything less than 48 grand a year isn't exactly great money. So some of that money from that 3 million has to pay for the center to be open, right? Turn the lights on, right? Yeah, yeah, buy, exactly. Buy a, buy, a, buy a roll of toilet paper or whatever. So they operate the thing. 3 million bucks is all it takes. They, fuck, they should have 100 of these in, in um, Alberta. I'm sorry, yeah. Jeremy, go ahead. No, they should. They should have them throughout the province. And now um, they had a waiting list of 150 people in August 2019. So double their capacity just on a wait list. Yeah. Jesus. But they were told to wind down um, operations. Uh, the CBC uh, quotes the team lead at the center, a guy named Michael Topfer. Um, saying he received his layoff notice um, last Wednesday when the story was published, so a few weeks ago, and he said, it boggles my mind, frankly, closing it while you have the existing infrastructure, you have staff, you have essentially anything and everything that you could possibly need on site makes very little sense. Now, the previous government um, had built a new facility for this center that is now um, going unused. Um, so, I mean, this is not just cruel towards um, people experiencing homelessness that have... Yeah, but Jeremy, don't you know that they have all those services are available somewhere? I mean, we can, you can go and there's a shelter or there's a place or there's a thing. That's what they tell you, right? Like, well, you can just go here and get what you need. Like we're not cutting off set. We're not 
we're not putting 75 people back on the street or whatever. No, 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 no. They have available services, right? Like that's what you hear. Three fucking million dollars for that too. Yeah, it's cruel as fuck. So typical, like what's your take? Like what is your take on why they choose to do this? Like, cause come on. I mean, as much, like we say it all the time, like as much as like cruelty is a great word to describe the result of their decisions it's not the intent like it's not the it's not the source of their decision they're not choosing to be cruel to be cruel cruelty is the result of their ideology so what is it about their ideology like there must be some f- way that they're planning to funnel this service to a private company there's fucking no no other answer to that well you know funny you should ask i'm actually working on a story right now uh in collaboration with our friends at alberta advantage and uh, Crackdown, which is a great podcast about the drug crisis. Um, and it's about um, the government's embrace of this uh, private recovery um, model that essentially is them throwing money at these private recovery centers that have these empty beds because people can't afford them and hoping that people um, take that opportunity to fill them up while also cracking down on harm reduction programs such as the the, uh, injectable opioid agonist uh, therapy program, which the government announced not that long ago will be ending at the end of March. Um, Again, it's one of those programs that the NDP had piloted instead of you know, actually just right. implementing it. And right. so the UCP is just saying, no, well, we're, we're not, we're not canceling the program. We're just not renewing funding. Right. And obviously the supervised consumption site in Lethbridge is another example of this hostility towards harm reduction. Now the, this McCullough center, I believe was also like abstinence only, right? Like if you yeah. use, use drugs there, you get kicked out, but it was part of a more holistic approach that the previous government took. Right. Which is that you have recovery, mm-hmm. but you also have harm reduction, right? And the recovery that they invested in was publicly run. It was accountable to the public. These uh, private centers are not. And uh, I don't want to give too much away from my story, but I will say that, um, do you remember the UCP panel they convened on addictions and mental health. I know there are so many, it's hard to keep track. Like the one that was reviewing whether we should keep supervised consumption sites open, but not talking about whether they worked? That no, one or a different no, one? That, 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 was, that was a separate uh, panel. Well, yeah, you got to throw two or three at every subject. Yeah. No, this one, so this panel on addictions and mental health was co-chaired by a guy named Pat Nixon. Who okay. you may know as the father of uh, Environment and Parks Minister Jason. <laughs> Fuck. And as well, isn't that the mustard seed guy? Yeah. Yeah. As well as MLA Jeremy Nixon. And yep. yeah, he runs the Mustard Seed, which is this Christian uh, charity um, that also is into the whole abstinence-only thing, which doesn't work, by the way. There's research into that like giving people who are addicted to opioids 
treatment with opioids is more effective than just uh, well and we had that opioid replacement program too right that they also right, yeah yeah that they I, also I, canceled right? yeah I, I alluded to that but oh of uh, course you did i just my brain's fucking no no it's fine my yeah. brain's working super good today bud but um anyways uh, so this panel now get this the panel includes like it includes a couple shrinks right it includes zero harm reduction advocates, obviously. At least people who are like specifically uh, dedicated to harm reduction. I mean. Right. Now, it also contains an acupuncturist. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of ATB Financial. Okay. And three people associated with private recovery clinics. Now, two of these clinics have since received uh, government funding as part of their uh, effort to um, open up 400 beds around the province that weren't being used to publicly fund them at private uh, clinics. Um, now, as CBC article notes on the closing of the McCullough Center, that kind of contradicts that strategy of opening up all these beds, because it seems to me what's being left unsaid is that these are private beds that will be publicly funded. Yeah. And will the, these public funds will be funneled towards their buddies. Now, did you see that story that we had in the news? Um, Jillian had the other day and I the only place I've seen it but that the um there used to be a $40 a day charge to the patient to access yes these treatment beds and now yeah, they've, the government now they've lifted this $40 or whatever and like if you know that story just because that's on the surface obviously it sounds like a good thing right like I mean we definitely shouldn't be charging the patient any money per day, especially more than what it would cost to rent a fucking apartment um, to stay anywhere. But you did hear that hear that story, right? So I just wonder, like, it's like they is it juggling on their part? Like, I, how is that just like a bone, or is that just? I mean, it's to private people, anyways. So like, like, is there something? You know what I mean? Like, I'm. Well, I think that, you know, part of the government's like overall strategy to addictions and mental health, which is, you know, obviously, you know, this bunk yeah. is deeply flawed. I mean, there are some uh, good things they're doing, I think would be done by any government. Like, you know, Doug Schweitzer was down here uh, before he got shuffled um, to, to announce uh, the opening of a new uh, drug court. Like that's a that's a good thing, yeah. um, and lots of lawyers as well as prosecutors have been calling for that. Um, not only because it's more humane and compassionate to um, give people who are struggling with addiction a uh, way out of the punitive justice system, but it also uh, lessens the burden on the court system, on the criminal court system, right? Um, this would seem to me to be part of that. Like, like that's a good thing. Right. Like in isolation. Yeah. But 
I mean, it's not good that they're making it so that these treatment beds, these specific recovery set, detox beds or whatever, are the only option. Like you either want to fucking quit now and get off this shit or, and we'll help you that way. Or like, there's no other way. Right. Cause they definitely are against any type of like weaning yourself off or safe use. Clearly, like they don't give a fuck. Any use is bad use, right? It's just like it's like sex in Oklahoma, you know. It's like this abstinence programs from the '60s back down there, where it's like, like any sex is bad sex. So we won't teach them safe sex, and then when they have sex, they're just gonna fucking get up, like six STIs and make twenty babies or whatever. And like, yeehaw, aren't we like? doing what Jesus wants or whatever. It's the same thing. Like if you don't teach, if you don't let people have safe ways to use drugs, they're going to use them. Right. So anyway, so they, it's in there. It's still, it's great. Like if, if you're going to want, if you want to use a detox bed, that's fucking awesome. And they should be available and it should be free. So credit where credits due, I guess. I think like we should probably get Corey Ranger back on the show um, registered nurse who specializes in addiction treatment because yeah, I, he, I guarantee you he would be able to tell us about um, these little bones that the UCP throw. Like, do you remember, um, I know we're off topic, but do you remember about a month ago or so um, that that umbrella organization of addiction centers wrote this letter saying that the fucking UCP was like the best government in history oh, yeah. for yeah. like addictions and stuff like that and i asked him sorry go ahead no go ahead well one of the the co-authors i believe it was if i'm remembering correctly there's it was an op-ed in the edmonton journal one of the authors of it was stacy peterson who's along with the their co-author is the co-chair of this coalition of like 30 private um addiction treatment centers right now he also sits on the government's addiction and mental health panel, one of the three I mentioned earlier. Now, he is associated with, I believe, Fresh Start Recovery, which has received millions of dollars from the government. And the op-ed, which you know, doesn't mention that at all. And that, that's a familiar pattern you're going to see with this. Again, I don't want to yes, give away Stace, too much about this story. But Stacey Peterson and Kim Turgeon from the addiction, yes. Alberta Addiction Service Providers is the group. And uh, they definitely say some really flattering things about the government. Um, and we, we will definitely have Nurse Ranger back on. But when I um, sent him the letter and I was like, so what do you make of this? You know, his response was recovery capitalism at its finest. So um, I think he'd have a lot to say on that because I know we're on a tangent, so I don't want to stay there all day. But um, it's just more of the same from the way that this government treats any service, right? Yeah. And I think we should, uh, I think we've, uh gave a pretty thorough answer to that question. Let's yeah. maybe do one more or two more yep. and then yep. call it a wrap. Okay, so I got a question here from uh, Liam Bosch, B-A-U-C-H-E, anyways, um, at Liam Bosch on Twitter. He was looking for advice for youth looking to get more involved in the community. I keep seeing protests and events across Alberta, but I haven't heard of anything in the hat since 
the Black Lives Matters protest back in June. I want to protest, but I'm antisocial as fuck. <laughs> or AF, but I mean, we all want to do this. But anyway, I, I know that um, Roberta are, uh, would be a perfect guest to have on to answer any questions about activism and how to get involved. But um, what do you think, Jeremy? How does Liam become a like a thorn in the side of uh, the system that he's trying to protest without what? knowing, without having hundred people to gather with at City Hall? No, that's a great question. Um, and it's one I've sort of given some thought to. Um, of course, my time in Medicine Hat is uh, ending soon. Coming to an end. But now you I, can keep pronouncing it wrong and no one will care because you're not even from here anymore. Medicine Hat. Yeah, that's, you're better. That's yeah, not, medicine. Medicine Hat is wrong. Medicine Hat is right. It. We're not. Okay, we're now not, say we're not, we're not cool down here. Toronto, no, Toronto. Come on now. Yeah. You know I can say it. Yeah. Say um, Cal you're going to Calgary, so say Calgary. Calgary. I, you know what? Yeah. And this is way off topic, but I, I just want to say that when I lived in Ontario, everyone pronounced Calgary correctly. And I come to Medicine Hat, and all these Medicine people, Hat. Medicine Hat, and all <laughs> these people from Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's all Saskatchewan. Yeah, call it Calgary. Yeah, like like two first names cal and gary yeah but My anyways, anyways tough topic but if I you mean, call it cal gary you shouldn't be allowed to live here anyway go ahead <laughs> you should be in jail yeah it's it's a, a punish it's a capital offense yeah. anyways anyways um so i think what i'm going to say is universal to anywhere is that there are all these community organizations that um i think in some places are you have to look harder than others but you can get active with them. I mean, there's the Rainbow Project here in Medicine Hat. A uh, great guy by the name of uh, Kalen Hart is um, uh -huh. the organizer with them. He is a great resource. Um, so I would connect with him. Um, there's also, um, I mean, you, you know, there, there there's Black Lives Matter, as we know, at the, the high schools and uh, climate justice groups that have organized big events. But there are things that happen uh, between these big events that um, you can get involved with. Um, you just need to find these people, connect with them. And I mean, you're, Liam, uh, you, I, I think um, you're... Um, reluctance to be social is something I can really relate to, but it's something I think you need to um, let go of and just put yourself out there and uh, find these groups. There's also a friend of the show, uh, Dustin Cartwright, is uh, doing some uh, organizing around uh, tenancy, I think. Yeah. He still is. Yeah. Um, he, what is it, Wat Hatcher or something, his Twitter? Hat watcher. Hat watcher. I think he had it. Yeah. Make me think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, if you want to go down the road of electoral politics, which I don't recommend, there's of course the NDP constituency. Yeah, he is Wat Hatcher. Sorry. Before at Dustin, uh, Dustin Cartwright is 
the Cartwright is at Watt Hatcher, W A T Hatcher, H A T C H E R. Follow him on Twitter, and and he's definitely uh, another voice in the community. That- yeah, his his Abby is a dumpster on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and uh, well, uh, HIV community link is definitely an organization that we support, and I would imagine could use some volunteers. Join the uh, IWW. Yeah, yeah. Join the IWW. Um, Join the Industrial Workers of the World, which is an organization that essentially supports workers of the world. And it's a way to find yourself involved in worker action um, all over Alberta. We have uh, another friend of the show. All Kim over Sieber. the world. Really? But just, I mean, for, for Liam, I'm saying. Right? For Liam, like, I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of international traveling anytime soon, right? So, but there are a friend of the show, Kim Seaver, uh, an independent independent journalist in town or in the province in out of Lethbridge is a member of the IWW. And if you follow him on Twitter, he would be able to uh, give you a lot of information on them as well. But another, another place. So there are, right? Like there are community organizations and, and outside of the, and more like, regional or global organizations that you can yeah well and that's a good point too i mean start a local chapter of like support our students i know they um were looking for someone in medicine hat to you know get involved with their cause of defending public education which i think is pretty uh important at this time there's also friends of medicare in medicine hat yep that is, uh, I mean, they're, um, as well as for our students, their services are particularly uh, crucial as the government uh, goes to war against the public health care as well as the public education system. And I would say, um, get involved in your workplace. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know where you work, Liam, I mean, I don't want to dox you. So. If they got a union, be involved. Yeah, in if that. you got a union, get involved. Um, I know I was uh, getting involved in the union at Medicine Hat News. I was getting a lot of people, other people involved. Who You're were forcing involved. me to be more involved. Yeah. And then I got laid off in um, a lot of the other people I brought onto the union got laid off. But I assume, Liam, you're not in the newspaper industry because you live in Medicine Hat and you don't work. We, we don't know you, so yeah, we, we don't work yeah, beside um, you. Yeah. But yeah, so if you're already unionized, if you have like a government job and you're an AUP member, get involved. I mean, the Wildcat strikes, like Medicine Hat was like the only city in Alberta that I can think of that didn't have anything. I yeah, it wasn't the only one, but um, like... Probably the it biggest was, one. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like at the time, I thought, like, are they going to do a rotational thing, whatever? But then, of course, like, uh, you know, lots of background to that. But like, AHS had filed the like stop this shit order like eleven days in advance, and then so the order to stop it, and who knows what they were planning or whatever. But certainly, it was weird. But it's not like um, healthcare workers in Medicine Hat haven't. Um, rallied or protest they have and another thing like like i know you're antisocial, you know and so um but you have to, like it's a collective fight if you're going to fight the good fight you're gonna have to be part of a collective and i think that if you were to 
get involved with some of the groups we talked about, like uh, meet some of these people like Kaylin Hart or uh, Kim Seaver or anyone of these, you'd, you'd find this a very welcoming group of people. Like the IWW would welcome you with open arms and you'd find people that are really, really easy to get along is, with. Is there an IWW chapter in Madison Hat? I'm not aware of one. I don't, I doubt it. But, but you I, can start one, get in touch with absolutely, him, and he can help you out, I'm sure. Um, if, I mean, it's a roving group, right? Like you go where the fight is like, that's the part of it. Like you wouldn't, you know, but the, the other thing is, is the fight's coming here. Like if, if there is, if this government continues to push to the level that it's pushing, it's going to result in a massive, massive strike. And that will either be a public sector only strike, or it'll be like an absolute general strike. But there are big groups like the Alberta Federation of Labor uh, saying, like, stay tuned. Like, we're not going to give it away our hand here. But, like, if you think we're going to sit down, we're not. So there might not be anything today or tomorrow uh, to go and stand with a sign at in Medicine Hat. But that fight is coming. In the meantime, you know, get involved in social media. There's a really uh growing progressive um uh, group in in alberta i think right like left from anywhere from the center to the all the way far left um and get involved and get to know these people and um you'll find you know listen to podcasts like the alberta advantage which has tons of opportunities to get involved um, that they talk about in that show because they are all heavily involved in the exact same thing you're trying to get involved in. And as journalists, we don't really often get involved on a uh, stand on the picket line kind of fashion. And I don't know if we're, I don't want to say like we're encouraging of that, but we are definitely full supportive of workers and organized yeah. I mean, because journalists, journalists are workers. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we, I mean, we talked and, with Gil a bit about that because he's a recovering journalist. Yeah. That there, there's not a lot of class consciousness um, in that field. And I'm sure it's like that in other workplaces. Again, I don't know where you work. Um, but um, if you're not unionized, get in touch with the AFL and change that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, take the fight to your employer because i'm sure there are things in your workplace that could be improved and the best way to do that is to get your colleagues on board and start a union uh just do it do it soon (laughs) but also do it be discreet about it um because management tends not to like having unions if they can avoid it. But if you get enough people on board, strength in numbers, I know the UCP is in the process of making it harder to start a union. So um, I would say do it quickly. And also uh, last thing with regards to uh, social anxieties, in addition to um, getting together with people and fighting for what's right, um, I would say um, political organizing is also a good way to make uh, long-lasting friendships with people who have the same interests as you. So, um, For there, sure. I mean, anywhere you live, um, there are lots of opportunities to get organized. Uh, 
outside of like big events, you, you just have to actively uh, seek them out um, in some places more than others. And Medicine Hat is a good example of a place where you definitely need to look for them. Yeah. But I mean, it's there, right? We're not like a tiny town where no. like, like there are a lot of people here who think like you and not just us. And but just don't go on Facebook threads to be absolute utter fucking dill holes. And so you don't feel like they're there, but the progressive community is not small in Medicine Hat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Public Interest Alberta, there's another group that I think they used to have a Medicine Hat chapter. Yeah. They no longer do. Uh, get in touch with Joel French. Joel French. Um, he would certainly tell you ways that you can help them out. Yeah, um, he's a good guy and uh, hopefully a uh, future guest on the Forgotten Corner. So, um, and 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 pay attention to like read 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 good journalism. You know, follow good uh, independent journalism in in this province includes like Progress Alberta, the Sprawl, which Jeremy will soon work at. So we definitely should plug that. I actually, I actually technically do work at oh well then yeah you should definitely subscribe to the sprawl and keep jeremy employed yeah um, i got some news about that uh coming on monday like, like you're fucking done already <laughs> no, that's no, no, your no. news like, specifically uh. about what my job's going to entail oh i see i see i see uh, okay. keep up with it i don't want to give anything away right um but Read press progress yeah you know, uh, Stephen um, Maguziak, um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, is their Alberta guy. Yeah. Um, and share was- share that shit with your friends. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you you know like use your social media to do the same to promote to promote good journalism. Following these stories, like like this story that we talked about with the center in Gun. You know, um, these stories don't get a lot of traction and people don't really know about a lot of this stuff. And one of the things that we have to do, especially in medicine hat is just to continue to fucking inform people and like, just give them the option to have it. Like you can't make people want to learn and you can't make people want to read what's going out there. But if they don't know it exists, like I said, I didn't see the story about the addiction treatments this week anywhere but Medicine Hat News, you know? Um, the story... Go I ahead, what? Think, I think the CBC or... Yeah, there you go. The, or the Edmonton Journal covered it. Like, I saw something from them, but again... Okay, it's, so, it's I mean, you not, saw it, so... It, it wasn't, like, front-page news. Right, right? And, and and most of these things aren't, right? Most of these stories, like the, like the treatment center in Gunn being closed, like, I guarantee you 95% of our listeners have no fucking idea, and our listeners are the progressives. Our, oh. We don't have a lot of hate <laughs> listeners yet. So people come here, and they listen to the show, and they're already, like like fighting, wanting to fight the good fight. And even they don't have the access to the information that is really like of all the actual things that are going on in this province and all the different ways that the death by a thousand cuts that are coming, it's impossible to cover these thousand cuts. And so we need citizens of Alberta, like to when they see these stories and when they do see these information to help us get the fuck out there, share the shit out of it. 
another uh, progressive media outlet you should definitely uh, read, which Scott left out criminally, is uh, Passage, um, which I uh, write the newsletter for uh, once a, at least once a week and have also uh, written pieces for them, most recently on the AUP Wildcat Strikes. They are a great Canada-wide uh, outlet for progressive opinions that you don't really get elsewhere in the media. I mean, Toronto Star once in a while, Globe and Mail even less frequently, but um, definitely read Passage. And um, if you have money to toss their way, um, you should give it to them because um, right after you toss it to the forgotten corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, you get your priorities. Five dollars. Sign up for the five dollar a month tier for Forgotten Corner, and then go support Passage and the Sprawl right after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got. I, I mean, I'm probably their go-to Alberta guy, so I'm a bit biased. But um, uh, Joel LaForest from Alberta Advantage has also written for them. Um, Jacobin has actually been uh, beefing up its Canada coverage in general and Alberta coverage in particular. Um, again, I'm biased. I wrote a piece for them as is Joel. As um, Yeah, so um, lots of opportunities to get engaged, um, especially in this era of, um, you know, social isolation, but also uh, interconnectedness online, right? So again, there are plenty of opportunities um, to get engaged and informed. You just yeah. unfortunately uh, have to have to look for them, right? They're not going to come to you, um, sadly, because, um, you know, I mean, first of all, we live in a corporate culture in Canada. And second of all, you live in Medicine Hat, which is, uh, you know, a pretty conservative place. But uh, again, there are more people who think like you than you know. Um, Mo's looking at me like we should wrap up. And uh, I think- Now he's should. making hand gestures at us. We, we, we got a few other questions, which I think we'll save for next time a guest bills on us. Mo is showing us fingers. So, all right. Uh, those were two great questions. Uh, thank you so much to Ben and Liam. And um, yeah, thanks for listening it, to us ramble for like an hour. Yeah, our, uh, we, we're good at throwing episodes together when we have like things fall through, hey? Yeah, we are. We, <laughs> Damn we, right. We have a flawless tracker in that regard. <laughs> uh, so just to close, uh, obviously we got to shout out our three biggest uh, financial supporters. Uh, Big Red Machine, Chris Sterwald, Dave Bonmiller, uh, thank you so much for continuing uh, with your uh, generous patronage. And yeah, we'll catch you next week where we'll hopefully have an interview lined up. Uh, we're, we're working on that. I also showed two people on the weekend how to find the five stars to smash. Oh yeah, Apple like Podcast. people, People seem to not even know where it is, but. Just go to your library, click on our show, scroll to the bottom, hit five stars. Yeah, it, it makes it e it makes it easier to find our show when right the more. It's just a great way to support without if you don't if you're not ready to give us your wallet. It's a great way to support the show by helping us get listeners. So anyway, appreciate that and uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. All right. Peace out.
Bye, everybody.